Welcome to Because the Beatles, the podcast about the Beatles, everything about the Beatles 24-8. I'm Allison. And I'm Erica. And before we start, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts or stream us on Spotify. And if you're enjoying BC the Beatles, please feel free to leave us a preferably five-star review so other Beatle maniacs can find us. And also, please don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter slash X, and now TikTok too. We'll be posting videos, photos, and more from this episode and beyond. And you can always email us at bcthebeatles at gmail.com. And we are back for part two of the Red and Blue albums, Red Disc 2 and All the Blue. Woo. The Beatles gift giving never ends. Oh, yes. And speaking of gift giving, nice segue. Thanks. <laughs> oh, we got a little announcement. We're going to bring our giveaways back. Woohoo! Just in time for the holidays. As a special drop before the holidays, you can go to bcthebeatles.com and enter right now. We got the giveaway live. Go to our website, click on monthly giveaway, and there'll be a link there to enter. And just for shits and giggles, the link has little bells around it because it's a holiday giveaway. So got to make it festive. So the prizes will be just some random Beatles stuff that I've got. Uh, We've got some stuff left over from Liverpool, some Cavern Club merch, some Strawberry Fields merch, plus some really fun little goodies. And of course, we'll send over some BC the Beatles stickers, buttons, um, all that as well. And to win, it's really easy. All you got to do is give us your email address or follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or leave us a review. We would love that. Or subscribe to us. So yeah, so go to bcthebeatles.com and enter our giveaway. And hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll be getting the prizes to you before the holidays. The giveaway will end on December 15th. Get those entries in and get some goodies. Yay. All right. Well, on to what we're here for. More red and more blue. If you missed our first part, we covered the first disc of the red, plus some beautiful backstory on these albums and some really fascinating history. So if you haven't heard that, go back and listen. We'll wait for you. Mm-hmm. And if you have a copy of the Beatles Alpha Omega, please send us a picture. Oh, my God, please. Yes, that is the new Holy Grail. <laughs> so this time we're picking up where we left off, but we're really only focusing on the remixes that were newly remixed in stereo for 2023. So that means that the eight tracks that were on red that were part of last year's Revolver release, we're not really going to talk about those, um, but you can go back and listen to our Revolver track by track, and we we cover those there. Right. And on blue, most of the tracks have been remastered already for something. They came from everything from Sgt. Pepper, White Album, Abbey Road, Let It Be, Get Back. And then seven of the songs were remixed even earlier for the 2015 re-release of The Beatles 1 and 1 Plus. But those got Dolby Atmos remixes in 2023. Yes. So lots going on here. Um, Very excited about the new tracks, though, that got the treatment for 2023. So we'll be discussing those in depth. But first, the Red Album, track by track, and we start with Help. Help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, you know I need someone. Help. When, when I was young, was so much younger than today. I never needed anybody's help in any way. Now, now these days... So last episode, I talked a lot about... One of the big impressions I was left with with this set was the acoustic guitars really kind of getting their moment. And I thought this was a really good example of that, too. You have that really acoustic driven 
rhythm part with George and Paul's parts kind of moving in unison with the bass and the guitar, which I loved. That really got its moment to shine here. Yeah, it was another great one for Ringo, too. His fills are highlighted. They're so good. I thought it was a really fun choice by Giles to bring out those three guitar notes on the help chorus. I thought they were just so much louder than they usually are. And again, we're still hearing what's in the mixes, not the song as a whole. And that's just enjoyable. Didn't you feel like the mm at the end, the very end, was extended? Like, I just thought it hung on for a couple extra seconds. I really enjoyed that. There's some stuff with the fade outs all through, I think. Yeah. I have a lot of notes about the fade outs. It's mostly good. Mostly good. I I really enjoy how they sort of like let the song kind of play for an extra couple seconds. Well, if it's there and it's in separate stems and they can pick it apart, I guess it's just something new for us to hear. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, next up, we've got one of my favorites. You've got to hide your love away. Stand head in hand, turn my face to the wall. If she's gone, I can't go on, feeling two foot small. Everywhere people stare. Mm, this one was very much to me like some of the other ones we heard on disc one, where it was another crystal clear John vocal and that feeling of sitting on the floor in a room with them surrounding you and recording. It was like very visual. Like it was kind of a visceral experience, like remembering that scene in help Mm -hmm. and definitely feeling like you were sitting in like John's like pit bed. Yeah. That sunken (laughs) living room area they had. Yeah. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I love that. Um, But you know what, Erica, you know what this really reminded me of? What? Um, Our Blotto Beatles episode. (laughs) <laughs> really, you can remember the Blotto Beatles episode because I really can't. So uh, I was told I had a great time to reference Mickey Dolan's here. Um, I yeah. So if you guys haven't heard it, we were on Blotto Beatles a while ago. It was during the pandemic, and um, those guys are great. We love them, and each episode of their podcast focuses on a song, and uh, there's a secret word. So we did, you've got to hide your love away. And the secret word was what? Was it Dylan? It was Robert Zimmerman. Robert Zimmerman. (laughs) And I apparently, I don't remember much of it. I still can't drink spice rum or fireball to this day. (laughs) Listener, it was the drunkest I've ever been in my adult life before or since. Uh (laughs) So go listen to it because apparently it was really good. Do it. <laughs> oh my god not to take you know streams away from those guys but oh my god i i have not been able to listen to it i don't even want to uh i was apparently screaming <laughs> during it like scream laughing i would verify that but i really don't remember those guys man they come they come to play hard we are not on their level i bow down to them i think they're going to be coming to the fest for beatles fans in <laughs> february so we're going to be able I'm, to uh, yeah. drink with them in person my liver is not prepared. <laughs> but to get back to the track, um, right. I agree with whatever you said about, you know, just the beauty of it. I think it really shines here. I love this song. Obviously, it references Brian and his personal situation in the 60s. Knowing the track list so well from growing up with the red and the blue, I know that it's going to flow into We Can Work It Out. But I kind of wish in the spirit of adding the George tracks, they would have stuck I Need You after it. 
That would have been a really nice George inclusion. Yeah, such a beautiful song. But as we said, next up is We Can Work It Out. Just going to state for the record, the guy in the song sucks. Just does. But I love the song. <laughs> the guy in the song, that like the the narrator? The, yeah, the, the narrator, know-it-all guy who's trying to force this fight to go a certain way. I just don't like it. I don't like it. That's true. But I love the song. We'll pretend that Paul was channeling a character. Yeah. You know? It's like the monkey songs, like a little bit me, a little bit you. Not to bring it back to the monkeys always, but, you know, it's like... You're a little bit right. I'm a little bit wrong. It's like the opposite of we can work it out where it's like, I'm right. You're wrong. The problem is you. (laughs) Regardless, I was especially excited for this one because it has one of my favorite John Paul harmonies. The life is very short section. They did a wonderful job with the balance and the blend there. I agree. I just have an all caps beautiful. This is one of my favorite Beatles songs, period. And the mix is amazing. I love, I mean, I've always loved the accordion part, but I loved especially how the fade in and fade out, it really was accentuated in a different way, I felt. And I really liked how the bass drum, it was a subtle nudge up, I think, on Ringo's bass drum, but it added sort of a physical thump to like Hmm. the listening experience, I felt. Yeah, and that one is one that almost has a heartbeat sort of feeling. So having that that bigger drum is, is great. That's a wonderful way to describe that, Erica. That was beautiful. Our next song, Day Tripper. Another intense screamer. I know. These songs, they feel, I think necessarily they're louder overall because we're, we have so many different parts now that have to be accounted for. And so when you have one of these super high octane songs, it seems to just fit right into his wheelhouse. And these new mixes are just so driving. Yeah, I felt in particular the solo was really like in your face. And then something I never really paid attention to before, but the guitars in the background, I wrote that they're thrashing. That was just the only word that came to mind because it was sort of like, they provide this like foundation for the song, but I think here you can really enjoy the texture. Yeah, totally. But at the same time, I felt like this was also um, a lot smoother than the 2009 remasters. And like this mix really restored a lot of warmth to the track. I'm not a big fan of the 2009 remasters. I know a lot of people aren't. So this song really kind of like righted those wrongs. And, you know, we were talking about like things that were left in that, you know, Giles doesn't change any of the tracks, isn't edit things that the Beatles did at the time. And I think it's so much more prominent now that somebody made a mistake and said, yeah, when they weren't supposed to. (laughs) I love that, though. That's such a mamas and papas mistake to make. I know. It's fun. It's at 2.30. I don't know who it was. They just left it in, and it's. I think it's a little bit more brought up this time than it was in earlier mixes, so you can really hear that it's there. 
And I like it that it's not covered up anymore. It gives personality to the song, obviously. So next up, we have Drive My Car. last week's episode you came into it hating a song what song was that yeah ticket to ride okay this is my ticket to ride (laughs) i do not like it really oh my gosh that's crazy it was a challenge like giles make me like it because i never (laughs) liked it and paul plays it in concert and it's always on greatest hits albums it's always there and like i don't like it I was going to say, you must hate it because he opens shows with it or or did at one point. I'm not sure if he still is. I mean, I'm never going to hate my experience at a Paul McCartney concert. I'm never going to get up and go get a drink during one song or another. But when I'm there and it's, at, it's that version of the set list, I'm like, oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> I was about <laughs> to say, n- not even during my Valentine, but I forgot you love that album. For some, some reason. I love Kisses on the Bottom. <laughs> Worst title ever. Best title ever. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> that is a statement. We'll get to the Kisses on the Bottom episode one day. Oh, I'm sure we will. I'm sure. <laughs> so did this mix make you like the song or help you along the road to liking this song? It did. It did because it brought out parts of it that I can listen to almost independently and be like, oh, hell yeah, that's an amazing bass line. It might be one of his best. And it's like, oh, wow, now we're adding blues piano to the chorus. And mm. George has such a screaming solo. Like I can, I can really hear them as individual parts. I think what it is about the song is that I hate the melody so much. Oh, really? Yeah, I just hate it because it's just one note. And it's kind of hard to harmony to me. And I just, it just kind of grates in my ears for some reason. The melody isn't as prominent when all of these other amazing parts are kind of brought out. So to me, I really like this richer mix as far as like making me appreciate the song more. That's a good way to look at it. I mean, I thought you would just hate like the beep beep. No, I don't even hate that. I don't even hate that. It's really more (laughs) all of the verses. Yeah. No, I get what you mean. I, you know, I, I liked, like you said, like it brings out different parts. I I really like the piano a lot in the right channel. I thought that Mm -hmm. was great. And then, yes, I had a note about the bass as well. I wrote that it's uh, unsurprisingly more audible, but I never am mad about that choice. I, I really enjoy when Giles brings out that bass part. And yeah, maybe it's Paul in his ear being like, hey, bass, what? But I love it. He doesn't do it indiscriminately either. I'm never mad about it. Well, next up we have Norwegian Wood. I wanted a girl, or should I say she wanted me? This one to me gave me the same kind of vibe as Hydra Love Away. It usually does. I think it's just a consequence of, of the song, you know, but it's 
still it kind of felt again like you're sitting in that that sunken living room in that scene in Help. You've got the sitar on your right. You've got John on your left. You got Paul's like kind of lighter harmony. It's balanced behind John, and it's a great facsimile of a live playing mm. of this. Yeah, I, I agree. I really noticed for the first time um, there's hand claps on. She asked me to stay that refrain and they've been there the whole time, but I haven't noticed them until now. And I know that it seems like we wax on about how great Giles is, but really it's like we've been listening to these songs our whole lives. And it's shocking to me when I hear things I've never heard before. I heard something too, like a low percussion. I couldn't really place what it was. Maybe like a muffled bass drum that was really brought out too. Yes, I had that as well in my notes, especially on the second bridge. That so the bass cool. drum was really cool. Yeah. You never get bored with the Beatles because you're always yeah. finding more texture in something that is relatively simple on its face, especially these more acoustically driven songs. But when you dig in and when you get a mix like this that allows you to dig in, there's just so much more to discover. For sure. Uh, would you say that there's extra texture, Erica? Oh, 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 oh. oh yes, it would. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. I love it. Next up, Nowhere Man. He's a real nowhere man Sitting in his nowhere land Making all his nowhere plans for now No, I had no notes on this. I thought it was great. It's still got its intrinsic ethereal quality to it. It retains its multidimensional quality it's always had, but obviously it's more amplified here, but I thought it was great. How did you feel about the harmony? Because I felt like in the early, early songs that there were a bunch of times when the kind of heightened frequency of the harmony was jarring to your ear. This one seemed smoother to me. I think maybe because it is more dimensional. I think maybe my ear when it's sort of like dual harmony or even like triple harmony, it's more grating. I hate to use that word, but it's more grating on my ear. But I think for this, because it's so, it's almost like, you know, wall of soundy on this track. I think it's a lot more palatable. I like that allusion to wall of sound. I think that says it really well. Yeah. I think there's definitely some Phil spector sort of influence, especially on, you know, obviously the, the very beginning. Well, next up we have Michelle Mabel. I love you, I love you, I love you That's all I want to say Until I find a way I will say the only words I know that you understand Michelle I mean, I don't have much to say about this one. It's perfect, again, This particular line of Paul's song that weaves its way through Red is one of my favorite lines of Paul's songs. And so every time one of them has come up, I've just been in love with it. The bass is enhanced. The acoustic guitar is is out there. Paul's voice is so angelic. The harmonies are lovely. It's just kind of bringing out more of what was already verging on perfection. Another one I had no notes for. I thought it was I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. Next up. In my life. Oh, I know I'll never lose affection for people and things that went before. I know I 
my god, the opening notes. They always, always get me every freaking time. Yeah. To take it to a personal level. So my mother never liked the Beatles. She was, I probably talked about her a ton on this podcast, but she was right in the pocket to really be a huge Beatles fan. She was in her 20s and 60s. She had me very late in life. So I was always resentful. I'm like, why weren't you going to like Beatles concerts and Rolling Stones concerts? But she never, you know, she wasn't into it. But in my early days working in the music industry, I went to see a lot of Beatles tribute bands and it was shocking. And my poor mother, she was a saint. She drove me to all these shows. You know, she got to know the Beatles guys. Like she never really got to love the Beatles, but she tolerated them in a, I don't know, in a gracious way. She liked some of the songs, but there was a band, I think they're still touring called 1964, the tribute. Oh yeah, they're good. I like them. Yeah. Yeah. They, well, they used to play like Carnegie Hall every year, which is really fun. So they would always say when they played in my life, like take out your phones, call somebody who you love and hold the phone up. So I would always call her. And so the song became really special for us. And so hearing it in this beautiful mix, this really enhanced angelic sound, I, it made me cry. Like I was just like in tears. I was blubbering like a freaking baby. So thanks Giles. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks a lot. (laughs) I can see why you did. I mean, this is one of my notes on this was that it was almost otherworldly sounding. Yeah. It's kind of a masterclass in how each Beatle brought their own unique talents to create something that was so much greater than the sum of their parts. And then you have George Martin and that sped up yeah. harpsichord is just so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And and I really enjoyed, I know on the last part, I talked a lot about the weird splices that I noticed were gone. And I noticed the one after George Martin's solo is gone. So Yay. <laughs> I'm glad that's out of there because it was always really distracting. <laughs> did you feel like the mix was a little favored to the left? I did. I had it on. I had a note that it was on the left, the organ solo on the left hand. I don't know why, but that made it sound a lot more pronounced to me. Maybe because for most of us, that's our less dominant ear. So oh, maybe. it was an interesting choice. Yeah. And then after that part, all the harmonies come in at the end and it kind of fills in on the right too. And it's mm. the most satisfying ending <laughs> because you have, that's you awesome. have just this perfect closure. Yeah. That's it's such a good way to put it. Yeah. And I also, um, you know, had a note that the ooze were really lovely, you know, again, it's like, yeah, that otherworldly ethereal sort of quality to it. One of the top tracks I think on red. <sighs> my feels, my feels. Yes. Next up, if I needed someone. I thought this was an excellent George choice. This has always been one of my very favorite George songs. I agree. It's it's a great composition. It's so situated in that, that mid-60s feel. Mm. I think George was coming into his own as a songwriter at that point, and some of his yeah. best compositions were at that point. And it moves us forward in the journey, too, because we're now starting to transition chronologically into Rubber Soul Revolver, that really pushes us into the mid later sixties. Totally. And I love that you call out the time period because I, it really, to me enhanced that like birds jangly guitar, you know, Mm -hmm. on those, those Rickenbackers. 
And I love that. I'm such a Birds fan. So this has always been a highlight for me. But, you know, it really made me hungry for a Rubber Soul remix, like hint, hint to the powers that be. Let's let's get it going. It's got to be next. Yes, hopefully. Fingers crossed. And last but not least for now, because we have heard the rest of the mixes before, we have Girl. And she promises the earth to me and I believe her. After all this time, I don't know why. super excited about this one really because the subject matter is so wholesome (laughs) i just think it's it's just funny and a little silly so it's like i don't know if i'd put this on a list of greatest hits to me to me it just doesn't feel like a greatest hit song yeah it's it's a weird one and this set really made me think about like why was this included and particularly on the later um the blue albums like say the ballad of john and yoko i mean i know it was kind of prominent in its day but it's also like oh did maybe yoko say like let's include this but mm-hmm. i can't imagine her a feminist saying gotta put girl on there <laughs> gotta <laughs> gotta make that happen <laughs> well i mean this was probably an alan klein choice i wish you know alan klein whatever fuck him but i would love to quiz him on his exact thought process behind this mm-hmm. track list maybe these are just his favorite songs maybe that's the reason why old brown shoe <laughs> is on i don't know <laughs> we'll definitely get to old brown shoe that's yes, for sure <laughs> uh yeah that's a good that's a good point it's like his mixtape <laughs> i did enjoy girl though i thought that some of the things like the sniffs were just so it's ridiculous the tit 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 ridiculous of course i love it i love it because those are the things that make this song funny and good so let's bring them out there it reminds you that they're 20 year old guys like they're (laughs) they're young guys like and they think it's funny (laughs) i mean i think it's funny too (laughs) yeah yeah i mean yeah like we all get to be in that 20 something dude pocket for a hot second yeah and even <laughs> even though the song itself is ridiculous, musically the vocals blend so well. It's still a piece of Beatles artistry. For sure. So that's kind of the end of our Red Album journey for today because most of these other songs, well, all of these other songs have been covered elsewhere because they were so recently on the Revolver remix. Yes, and again, we covered that actually our last episode before our big hiatus we covered the track by track of the revolver. So you can go back and listen to that and hear our thoughts on paperback writer, Eleanor Rigby, yellow submarine tax man got to get you into my life. I'm only sleeping here, there and everywhere. And of course, tomorrow never knows. Those last five songs were new to this new red album release. Yeah. Which is great. So now that we have this new track order, would you have done anything differently on red? If you had the choice? I don't think so. I think it was fine. I thought it was good. I know in our last episode, I was sort of like, it kind of threw me off when it didn't run in the order I was familiar with. But I think I would have maybe just switched out a couple of the George songs. You know, that would have been my only critique on the track list. I miss Andrew Bird can sing. I felt like it's not a George yeah. song, obviously, but I miss that as part of that later period. And so much more was added. Maybe they don't want to make like an entire revolver set out of the end of the Red album, but I don't know. I missed it. 
I would have maybe put that in there instead of like, I'm only sleeping, mm. you know, I'm not sure why that got included over and your broken sing, which is my favorite Beatles song. As we learned when we did the brackets back oh, in right. 2021, I think, which is really fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I, I missed that here. What about you, Erica? What are your, what are your thoughts? The absence of if I fail for some reason bothered me. I really wanted it. I felt it would be a nice addition to the Hard Day's Night kind of section of it. And I just wanted Long Tall Sally. And I know we'll get it eventually. If Rollover Beethoven is an example of George's influence, I feel like Long Tall Sally is that for Paul. And it's one of his best vocals of all time in his entire career, too. So I just would have loved to have heard the demixed version of that. That's a really good point. Yeah, it's kind of like his twist and shout too, right? Because he goes really raw on that vocal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Does that mean we have to put boys on there too? You know what? I would put Matchbox on there. And I hope someday we'll get the remixed Past Masters again. I know I talked about it last week, but Past Masters is like my shit right there. So someday we'll get that with Bad Boy, Matchbox. Mm-hmm. It'll be amazing. I can't wait. Just keep them coming. Exactly. We'll take whatever. We'll nom, nom, nom. Mm-hmm. All of these remixes till the end of time. <laughs> yes. Well, shall we move on to the blue? Let's do it. Blue starts with a number of songs that have already made an appearance elsewhere, starting with Strawberry Fields Forever, which was the 2015 stereo mix. It does have a 2023 Dolby Atmos mix. I could not get my very old headphones to work well with Dolby Atmos, no matter how much I tried this week. So I have not heard that. But uh, the... 2015 stereo mix, I believe, was on the second disc for the remastered Sgt. Pepper in 2017, too. I believe so. And of course, we have Penny Lane, Sgt. Pepper's, with a little help from my friends, Lucy in the Sky, and the new edition here of Within You Without You, which I thought was a fascinating choice (laughs) because I know it's so divisive. You know, I so many people are like, oh, yeah, when I got that album, I flipped it over and started on track two. I just skipped Within You Without You, which I think is horrible. I love that song. I know. I'm such an apologist for it. How did you feel listening to these mixes again? Because I remember when they came out and we were so obsessed with them. What was it like to revisit them here? It was really nice. I think that they, even though some of them are as old as 2015, they fit right in to the aesthetic that we have for the rest of the newer songs. You don't stop hearing the new elements. Like in, in Strawberry Fields, for example, there's that, I don't even know what instrument it was made, but it was almost like a scratching sound. Mm, yeah, yeah. It was really prominent in this mix. And it's like, oh, yeah, right. I forgot about that. I forgot about how much I enjoyed that last time, and I still do. So I think it's fun to hear them again. I think for the ones that we have heard a little bit more, like Get Back and maybe Revolver, they do feel more like what, what Giles was saying he wants, you know, we're hearing the songs rather than the intricacies of the new mixes. What did you think? I really liked revisiting them. I think whenever I listen to these remixes specifically, it takes me back to when we got the, because that was the first, you know, the Sgt. Pepper, that was really the harbinger of things to come as far as these Giles Martin remixes. And I just remember being so excited and listening to them and feeling like it was like hearing the album for the first time. And of course, all the bonus material on the other discs. So yeah, revisiting them here in this context with all of these other hits and songs, it was really exciting for me. I really enjoyed it. 
Yeah, we get really excited too when these things come out, but I think sometimes you kind of forget that they're there after a while yeah. because other things come out, but they're always there for us. And it's great to know that there's this huge catalog. I agree. I agree. So it was a good reminder to like go back and revisit them, you know, periodically. Well, next up, we have a new, a newbie, a new remix, I Am The Walrus. You know, this was one of the ones they played for us, right? At the listening Mm -hmm. events. I'll Um, never forget it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? Like, um, definitely I've never done acid, uh, not to brag, but I can only imagine that that, the Atmos is kind of what it feels like to sort of be surrounded by all of this, like this whirlwind of just chaos. I think this mix reaches the the boundaries of how immersive you can actually get the way the sound swirls around you. Like they have to put it inside of you, literally inside of you to make it more immersive. It's incredible. (laughs) Yeah. And that's an interesting way to describe it because I, I definitely agree. This is probably the most immersive that stereo can get. But at the same time, I did feel like it was restrained enough where I didn't think it went off the rails crazy, which, you know, it could be the inclination for something like I am the walrus and stereo to make it like pan constantly or to really, really bombard you with insanity with the exception of the end, you know, with the sound effects. However, I felt it was cool that they brought out the sound effects more. I could understand them better than I ever have. And I could pick them out individually mm-hmm. and really enjoy them which I feel like they did a lot too on um, Yellow Submarine on the revolver box. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's a really yeah. interesting thing that these these mixes do and they, they're they so good at finding the little pieces, putting them on their own channel, putting them, you know, in an unexpected place in your listening arena. And you're like, oh, oh, okay, there's that. That's cool. It's interesting that the radio dial effect is just so much more pronounced. Yeah, I had that too. You talked about pans. I noticed that at four minutes, the only sound pan I noticed was then it kind of panned in a circle, like around your head. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. I'll have to go back and listen to that. I I did have a note about the panning there too. Yeah, it was just swirling. It was like going down the drain with this stuff. It was so swirly. Ooh. I thought the organ throughout the song in the left channel, I wrote that it sounded like it was splatting. But I oh, liked I love that. <laughs> it was kind of a splatting organ. And also <laughs> there's panting at 116. And I don't think I ever noticed that before. I made a note of that too. It's after <laughs> See How They Run, which I never really noticed too, that there's a lyric of See How They Run in this song. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Right. And that's a, that's a weird little Easter egg in there. Yeah. The panting was funny. <laughs> I, I'm like, wow, I can't believe they left that in there. Although I can, I guess, at this period in time. They liked panting. A day in the life has got some panting. Yeah, I guess that's a little Martha influence. You know, this was one of the ones that had a bit of controversy on the internet. Some people thought it was a creative masterpiece and that contemporary sound that we get from these mix was great. And then other people didn't like that. 
I think that they felt like the muddiness of the original was actually a feature, not a bug, and that this mix removes it. People were saying, like, I can't hear the strings as well, or I can't hear the King Lear dialogue as well. I disagree. I really thought the King Lear dialogue came out like I could understand it for the first time. That was one of the things I really liked about it. So next up, we have two 2015 remasters from the one and the one plus. Uh, We have Hello, Goodbye and Hey Jude. Yep. (laughs) Yep. I I, the only thing I wrote was I kind of wish these would have gotten the treatment and I'm kind of shocked they haven't yet. I feel like that maybe was a conundrum within Apple. It was not quite 10 years ago and it was the same style, but it still was 2015. I don't don't know. So maybe they split the difference by giving you a 2015 stereo mix, but a 2023 Atmos mix. That's possible. That makes sense. I mean, they're not bad. You know, they're very, very listenable, but I don't know. Just been cool to hear something new, I guess. I haven't heard the Atmos mix for most of these songs. So if any of you out there have, let us know what they're like. One of these days, I'll get some AirPods Pro and actually take a listen to them. Maybe they really are a revelation that we just haven't experienced yet. Yes. And actually on that note too, I've been researching affordable Atmos headphones. So if anybody has recommendations, please tweet at us or like DM us with your recommendations. Cause I, I'm, you know, I'm in the mood to invest in some Atmos headphones, but I've tried to buy them before. I haven't been successful in really having the Atmos experience with headphones. So yeah, please let us know if you have any recommendations. Yeah. I mean, I've been reading about them too. Apparently a lot of it has to do with not only the technology inside the headphones, but how it fits your individual ear. Oh, interesting. Okay. I don't know what to do with it. Like I was kind of paralyzed. Like I wanted to get Atmos this week and I was like, I can't do, I don't know what to do. I was reading an article today that was like, you should be able to hear Atmos on any headphone. It's sort of like a setting that you can switch. I don't know if it's on your headphones or on Apple Music itself, but I I can't imagine my cheapo earphones that I'm using for this could play Atmos. I would love to be proven wrong. I tried doing that for hours this morning because I bought Apple Music and I have AirPods second gen, which are fine, but they don't have any of the spatial sound technology in them. So some people on the internet say you can hear Atmos with them or you can hear some version of it. But I spent so much time playing like the stereo version versus the Atmos versions. First five seconds of this, first five seconds of that, like trying to see what (laughs) I could hear. And it could be my ears, but I couldn't hear any discernible difference that made me say, oh, I definitely hear something. I didn't want to be like, you know, the kid who gets sold pencil shavings in middle school and told it's weed, you know, like I want to actually hear it. (laughs) What? What? (laughs) I've never, never heard that before. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Did did that happen to you? I've never heard that experience. (laughs) I think I'm thinking of that Adam Sandler comedy thing that like he sold like oregano (laughs) or something. Or I think there's in the office. They they do it in the office. That's what it is. I'm thinking they they sell like no, it's not pencil shavings. They sell like a Caprese. Caprese. Michael Scott, you think it's weed? (laughs) Yeah, I know the Caprese salad. I've never heard the pencil shavings. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) I don't want to be that guy with the Atmos, and I feel like. Maybe okay. I would be yes. if I talked about how great it was when I'm listening to it in my second generation headphones when I'm not sure if I can hear anything. Yes, yes. I did the same thing. I did the comparison test and I was like, okay, sounds the same. I'm going to return these headphones. <laughs> well, now that we've got on a, an Atmos tangent, <laughs> we 
we've got a newbie next as well, uh, The Fool on the Hill. The man with the foolish grin is keeping perfectly still. But nobody wants to know him. They can see that he's just a fool. And he never gives an answer. But the fool on the hill sees the sun going down. I like this one. There's a lot of unusual instruments to highlight. Like there's a recorder, there's bass harmonica there's the celeste i think a lot of those end up in the right channel where paul and his piano are in the left which is something i like i think that i don't know if the original stereo mixes all favored this as well but i think giles really does again favor where people are in the room and if paul's playing his piano his voice better be on the same side as the piano or else it's weird that's a really good point. Yeah, I also noticed there's like a ting. I don't know if it's a tambourine, somebody hitting it with a drumstick, or it's a chime in the left channel. But yeah, those really like finer elements coming forward. And I really enjoyed the sound effects too and the round, round, round fade out. Mm-hmm. Again, this fade out is great. At that point, the part where you could have really gone nuts with the immersive feeling is like 10 seconds from the end. So when you finally get there, like you rev up and then it dies down so quickly. I'm like, I want more. I, yes. Oh, you need more Beatles song to make more though. <laughs> yes, we need more Beatles song. I mean, come on, like Mal, like let's do this. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, you know what? Now that you mentioned that I did, I was like expecting, I don't know why, because I know how the damn song goes, but I was expecting more of like, or maybe another chorus or another bridge. And then it like went away and I'm like, oh, okay. But I enjoyed the, I guess, the fade out that we got. I enjoyed the the sound effects. Yeah, you can definitely hear it more because they do, yeah. that round round is lovely. Yeah, yeah, really enjoyed that. Our next song is the remix Magical Mystery Tour. This is one of my least favorite Beatles songs. I hate when Paul plays it live. (laughs) That being said, the remix I felt was great. It really brought up the celebratory party atmosphere of the Magical Mystery Tour itself. Um, I loved the electric guitar coming through in the right channel in the second verse. Mm -hmm. I thought that was exciting. And of course, I wrote down Yas Cowbell. Ah, me too. Not exactly that, but I wrote about the cowbell. (laughs) Pop off cowbell. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the cowbell was nuts. Yes. And the mystery trip, the mystery trip was very dreamy, I felt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of different levels in this song. The opening is is really in your face. And then you have like a little cowbell and the fade out. And there's this really insane fast brass around 30 seconds that I'd never heard in this way before, but it was, it was nuts. So you've got that. Yeah. And then you've got another rare instance where Giles uses that panning effect is when the the car, the motorcycle goes by. Mm. Yes. And it feels like you're being passed by that car or motorcycle, which adds to the ambiance of being on the Magical Mystery Tour. So next up is Lady Madonna, which is another mix from the 2015 One Plus remixes. It's good. Again, not one of my absolute favorite Paul songs, but the piano is always a treat. Hearing See How They Run was kind of fun after hearing that same lyric in I Am The Walrus. Yeah, I agree. I had no notes. I thought it was great. 
again, I kind of wish it had an update, but I'm not mad about this mix at all. Agreed. Do you have any comments on Hey Jude? Um, no, it was great. It was fine. Hey Jude is not one of my favorites. <laughs> I know. I, I sound like I'm drinking the Haterade. Obviously, you can tell we're red girls. You know, it's funny. These mixes made me think a lot about the Love Album. And I know Giles talked about that with us and he references it a lot because that was his first really big remixing project with his dad of the Beatles music. But Hey Jude is always one of the ones that I love, 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 love on the Love Album. Mm. And so this kind of reminded me of that and made me want to go back and just binge the Love Album forever. So, I mean, that was a really positive thing because that album is so, so good. Do they have a version of the Love Album in Dolby Atmos? Oh my God. I don't think so, but I think please. They need to. I will spend obscene amounts of money for the best Dolby Atmos headphones if they have the Love Album in Atmos. That would be amazing. Next up, Revolution. <laughs> new remix we've got we had revolution number one on the white album and i must say i love that version and i miss the shooby doo wops yeah this is a very different song it starts out with a bang literally the bass drum two to three seconds in is crazy powerful yes the distortion effect is there john's scream i agree i thought the guitar solo was particularly ripping is what I wrote. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I I really, really enjoyed that. I've always loved the rhythm guitar strums on this. It made me like fall in love with this song again. It used to be, when I first got into the Beatles, this was one of my favorites. And then I sort of drifted away from it. But this really kind of like reignited that. And I'm like, damn, this is a really good song. Yeah, yeah, I felt the same way. And I'm sure that you noticed the hand claps. Of course, of course. You know, I love <laughs> yeah. my little percussion moments. I thought Paul on the the piano instrumental break was brought out too. I could totally see him banging on the piano with a huge grin on his face, just like really loving doing it. You can feel the joy in the solo when he's playing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for the context of the song, it feels really joyful, which is a real contrast. I know. I mean, you you remember that like what it's about and also that John was saying it on the floor. I love that. Yeah, John was very creative in his placements at this period, which is so much fun. This is just the beginning of them becoming like total degenerates in the studio. And I love it. And Paul used that later. He he took a page out of John's book. He recorded O'Darlin on the floor, too. Yeah. Well, next up, we have some White Album remixes that we've heard before. We have Back in the USSR, Dear Prudence, which is new to this set, uh, While My Guitar Gently Weeps, Obladi Oblada, Glass Onion, also new. And another newbie, crazily, is Blackbird. How is it not on Blue originally? <laughs> oh, Alan Klein, Blackbird hater. I'm surprised there were any Paul songs in this at all, considering Alan Klein's relationship with that part of the Beatles at that time. That's true. How did George get the short shrift here? Right? Yeah, <laughs> crazy. But next up, yeah, we have Hey Bulldog to enjoy. Some kind of innocence is measured out in years. Don't know what it's like to listen to your fears. You can talk to me. You can talk to me. You can talk to me. If you're lonely, you can talk to me. 
You know, the only thought I really had the whole time was like, damn, they really need to do a freaking uh, super deluxe of the Yellow Submarine song track, which is very near and dear to my heart. Yeah, it would. And that's a lot of like George Martin stuff, too. Yeah. If they did a combined song track and the soundtrack, oh, be perfection. I really like the drums on the You Can Talk To Me bits at 151. I went back and I compared this to the 2009 mix because I was like, have those always been there? And they are, but they're not brought out like they are here. And it just reminded me, again, I fucking hate the 2009 mix of this song. It is so <laughs> unlistenable. The stereo is so severe. So mm. a lot of these mixes, they really write it that wrong where it's like, you know, they're so much more smooth and they're holistically better than those nasty ass 2009 mixes. <laughs> Yeah, that era of manufactured stereo is just horrible across yeah, the board. It's really that's really bad. What, that's when we all went out and bought those expensive mono sets. Because yes, exactly, the alternative was not great. Yes, yeah, the monos are great, but yeah, the stereo, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, bad. So this one, I could understand why maybe it would be put on this in 1973, but I don't understand why it was a choice in 2023. I thought maybe because the instrumentation is just so good and it's so bluesy and it's heavy, so it's the different sound Hmm. from some of the other things that they did i don't know i mean i always love me some dog representation anywhere so great (laughs) yeah i don't know either it is a very um interesting choice i don't feel like at this point they're sort of mining the mediocre and i i don't know if i call this song mediocre i have a soft spot for it because i do love that yellow submarine song track i agree with you though it is bizarre it is a bizarre choice i don't hate it i just don't understand it yeah next up is get back which, for whatever reason, it's the 2015 stereo mix and the 2023 Dolby Atmos mix. Did we not get a new Get Back for Get Back? I assume we did. Because we have, next up, we have Don't Let Me Down, which is from those 2001 Let It Be remasters, uh, Let It Be slash Get Back. So I can't imagine that the Get Back wasn't new. I think it was. But regardless, we've heard it before. Um, Again, we've heard Don't Let Me Down before. And... Finishing out this trio of oldies but goodies, we have the Battle of Johnny Yoko, also from those 2015 One and One Plus remixes. But then we have Old Proud Shoe, so. <laughs> This one goes out to the George Sluts. Uh, I was going to say, are we going to uh, reiterate <laughs> Rob Sheffield's comment from last week? Uh, the George Sluts, yes. This one, God, of all the tracks that were so divisive on this set, this one like lit people up like no one's business. Was it just very um, polarizing? Some people hated it, some people loved it, or did people just didn't want to hear it at all? This was always on the set. So mm-hmm. I think the remix was the thing that people didn't like. And some of it I kind of agree with. One of the overarching comments that I heard was it sounds flatter than a lot of the other mixes. I kind of felt that too. I felt like it really wasn't as dimensional. Now, given the master tape, like a lot of these had issues. So it's it's kind of making the best, even with the mal system of what you can pull from. People are saying that the guitar on the right channel is too low, um, which I kind of felt as well. But I also thought, you know, the bass sounds awesome. In the left channel, that got a bump. Um, but I 
wondered, I know it's a vocal effect for a purpose and I know George wanted it to sound that way. I just thought maybe his vocal could have been enhanced a little bit better. I wrote basically the same thing was that the vocals felt a little back compared to the instruments, especially the bass and the bass part slaps. There's no question about it, but I think the star is the bass in this mix more than any other part of it. Yeah. Yeah. More than the piano, more than the guitars for sure. And more than the vocals, which is weird. And the vocals. Yeah. The vocals are buried kind of in the middle, Um, Mm -hmm. but they definitely feel like they're not the star of the show here. You know, that being said, I think the guitar solo sounds great. And I think the organ, you know, and the fade out is great. There are some choices made here that maybe are a little bizarre. But again, like, I don't know if that's because they're working on a problematic master. I don't, I have no idea. So wrapping up the blue albums, we have just a bunch of remasters we've heard before, but we do have some new inclusions uh, from the 2019 Abbey Road remixes. We have Here Comes the Sun, Come Together, Something, Octopus's Garden, Oh Darling, which was recorded on the floor. And that's a new (laughs) uh, inclusion here. And another newbie, uh, I Want You, She's So Heavy. And then after that, we get Let It Be from the 2021 mix, as is Across the Universe, a new edition, I Me Mine. And then we round out with The Long and Winding Road, and we finish off with a song that is definitely not from 1967 through 1970, Now and Then. (laughs) I I saw somewhere online that they need to change the blue from 1967 to Infinity, which I think is kind of a good... Oh, yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, I I, kind of like that. Yeah, I think that's really cute. They should have maybe done that. Maybe they will, you know, in subsequent reissues. I hope so. I hope so, because... It was interesting to have that song here. You know, we've been listening to it a lot as a standalone piece or or Back With Love Me Do, but having it as part of this retrospective, it doesn't make sense in the context of Red and Blue. It makes sense in the context of the last Beatles song campaign, Start Right Over With Love Me Do, and it kind of goes full circle. Yeah. Without that story... It doesn't quite make sense in the same way. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, I wish they would have built the bridge a little bit better. I wish they would put like real love and free as a bird on here. I kind mm-hmm. of miss them going from the long winding road to now and then. I mean, I love free as a bird. That's one of my favorites, but I wish they would have been on here. I can imagine why they put now and then on this set. Obviously it's, it's of the moment and I'm sure people feel like it completes it. Um, but yeah, I mean, there could have been a couple more tracks stuck on here. Maybe just for people like us who have been following the remixes for so many years, Blue isn't quite as revolutionary as Red because we've yeah. had so many of them and because the technology has existed for a while. It would have been nice to hear a few more songs. And I think you're totally right that it would have been great to have heard Freeze a Bird and Real Love because they need remixing. They need Mal. Yeah, right now, so, you know those John tracks. It would be amazing to hear them in the same level of quality that now and then is. Oh yeah, can you imagine? I really, really hope those get that treatment. Somebody asked at my listening event whether they were coming, and they didn't have an answer to it. So I wonder if they are going to redo the anthology. Oh my god, can you imagine? Oh my god, I, I know I keep saying like, can you imagine? But the anthology would be on my wish list of redone also live at the bbc would be Mm -hmm. a dream and also like i've said a million times past masters but maybe someday well opening up the early songs now with the new technology has made so many things possible that never were before yes it's one of those things like to hear 
the Hamburg Sessions Star Club remaster. I know. Talk about divisive. I was going to just bring them up, actually, because uh, that, that's obviously a bone of contention for a lot of people. But I think for things that were properly recorded anyway, I mean, that would be just like a freaking fantasy. No one's getting tired of these releases. So if <sighs> Apple wants to keep doing it. We're going to keep buying it. Yes, exactly. Take our money. Take all of our money forever. <laughs> yep. So I guess let's talk about our final thoughts. I'm really pleased with this. I'm pleased with this. Not only, like we said, for the advancements that came with Red, but to have this set remixed in this way is great. Still getting used to some of the additions and their placement in the chronological set listing. Um, thank you, though, for keeping something in Octopus's Garden together. I really appreciate that. I did not <laughs> yeah, realize how connected those two songs were in my head <laughs> until I heard the end of something. And I'm like, it's got to be Octopus's Garden, right? Right, right. And it was. I was like, oh, my God, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of those transitions, man, my weird transition came on the Red album where it's like, after Please Please Me, I was like, it's got to be from me to you. And I was like, oh, no, it's I saw her standing there weird. And then I think it was Roll Over Beethoven. I know, weird. It's just throwing me all over the place. I, I was not prepared for that roller coaster ride it took me on. It became very apparent to me very quickly on the Red albums that overall, I think, no matter what, I think I just prefer the mono mixes of all these early tracks because that's what they were mixed for. That's what they were created for. I wish, you know, the Giles would maybe remix those as well. I know it's not as exciting as the stereo. And I know these were created primarily for, quote unquote, young ears, you know, to sound fresher. Um, you know, Giles loves to make the the comment that you could hear a Beatles song next to like Dua Lipa or whatever. And my answer to that, too, is I think these mixes sound a lot better than I think some of the modern mixes that you have on top 40. So yeah, I mean, I would love to hear some mono mixes of these. I think a lot of people would really want that. Yeah. Some of these I'm like, I got to go back and listen to the mono because it fills my heart with joy. <laughs> I'm one of those mono people that are kind of annoying, but, uh, but I appreciate these for what they are. I appreciate their intrinsic value. I'm glad that he left a lot of little quirks in the mixes you know, I think removing some of those things that we come to know and love and expect would have definitely taken some of the original character away from the song. So I appreciated that. Yeah. And I appreciate that Giles doesn't touch what was done. Yeah. He just yeah. remixes what was done. And all of the people that were concerned about the use of AI and things like that, like it's not really there. And you can hear that because there's so many original works still there. Yeah. You know, I hear people on the internet bitching about the AI. The AI conversation was really an epic fail by Paul because Paul was the one who brought up AI in the usage of like now and then and the John Vogel. The argument could be made, is Mal just a rebranding of the AI, a very smart rebranding? I think that's partially correct. I don't think it's exactly what people do on YouTube when they put Paul's young vocal on say new. Mm hmm. I do see people on the internet being like, oh, I hear the AI. I definitely do not hear the AI on any of this. Do you hear any of it? Um, I think the only place that I could say I kind of maybe hear it is when you hear the now and then John Vogel's acapella. And oh, yeah. you hear AI, not that it feels like you can hear like artifacts or anything like that, but that it's just so clear. For me, I'm thinking like, Something has filled that in. Something has made that that clear. Yeah. And it isn't John, but what is it? You know, it doesn't bother me because it's better than what we had. And I think it's good enough that it 
It knows how to fill in the holes. Kind of the same way with Get Back is that you saw a lot of those scenes. They had pixels filled in to make them high resolution. And every once in a while, you could kind of see that it wasn't all that natural, but only every once in a while. And I'd rather have Get Back the movie than not have it without that AI stuff. For sure. I mean, the AI to me is way more evident in, say, the Now and Then video, like, you know, which we talked about <laughs> in our in our episode. Um, like, if you want to talk about AI, there you go. I don't, uh, you know, it's on the song. We don't have to rehash Now and Then. We did a whole episode about that. But yeah, I would say maybe that's the closest. But on the remixes themselves, I don't, I don't pick up on AI. No, and I don't think the Beatles are going down a slippery slope. Like, we're not going to see, like, Hologram John on stage with Paul or something. Like, we're not going there. So I think it's (laughs) using it in a responsible way. Yes. Unlike Roy Orbison, which, God God rest his soul, he is still touring from beyond the grave. I hate it. I hate it so much. (laughs) It's so freaky. So any last thoughts about Red and Blue? You know what? I think the thing that kind of came out the winner and I've said all the way through, uh, well, a couple things. Cowbell, yes. Acoustic guitars all the way through. I think Got a New Life and the splices. I'm glad they fixed so many of the splices. I don't miss them. I know some people out their ears think it's weird, but I've always been a little bit bothered by those. So I'm glad that they've been fixed in most cases. What about you? What is your final verdict? I love them, especially Red. I love that feeling of being in the middle of the room with the Beatles. I could sit and imagine being in that room forever. And I hope we get more and more of this to enrich our understanding of what those earlier years were like. Mm, Yeah, I agree. And I hope it sets the stage for many more remixes of the early stuff. Yeah, for sure. Well, that wraps up our coverage of the Red and Blue albums. Very exciting. And the Now and Then and all of these amazing, amazing new things we have coming out. But next time we'll be talking about the paperback release of Paul McCartney's The Lyrics, 1956 to the Present. And we'll have a very special guest. We're going to have Paul Muldoon come and join us. He, of course, as you guys probably know, he's a Pulitzer Prize winning poet. And he's the editor of both editions. If you picked up the hardback special edition version when it came out or this paperback version, And he's got his own little podcast to accompany the book. So very, very excited for that. I'm so excited for that. I know. I can't wait. He's going to be so much fun to talk to. Yes. And until then, as always, subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening right now. Please, please give us a rating and review so other Beatle Maniacs can find us. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, slash X, and TikTok. We'll be posting photos and more from this episode and beyond. Remember, you can always email us at bcthebeatles.com to let us know what you think about red. Let us know what you think about blue. Let us know what you think about now and then. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.